0: to Look Out for Joy. This is Adria Wilkins. This month, we are talking about your ARC encounter. What storm have you been through in your life? Today, I have an author friend, Terry Moore, that has written a book called Face to Face with God, My Best Friend. Mm -hmm. I have invited her to come and share some of the things that she has been through. And one of the things in her book that I really enjoyed, and I want to share this with you as we begin to talk with Terry, have faith. I see a lot of things from up here that you cannot see from where you are. Have faith in me that I know what I'm doing. Trust me that I will continue to care for you, watch over you, and meet your needs. You only have to trust me. Although I have a much bigger task than you, I want you to focus only on your part. Have faith that I have my part. What I loved about that, the part that says, I have a much bigger task than you do. And that's, that was all God. We only have to focus on our part. Welcome Terry Moore. And I'm glad that you're here with me today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this. I mean, I know that God is in control, but I never have really, I guess, thought about it from that perspective in him saying, although I have a much bigger task than you, I want you to just focus on your part. I would like you to share with us about your first marriage, how wonderful a marriage that it was, and you lived in this beautiful house with a white picket fence, and you were the princess, right? I mean, isn't that what all of us dream that our life is going to be like? Was your life and your first marriage like that? Well, it started out that way. Three months into
1: our, I mean, we, we were married for six months. We were blissfully in love for the first three We were very compatible. We did a lot of things together. He treated me very special. I treated him very special. And then one day everything changed. That's when I found out that he had been keeping a very deep, dark secret. He had told me that he had been in the Marine Corps for nine years, but actually I found out by looking at some documents uh, that were hidden from me. And the family was trying to keep this from me, this big secret. I found out that he was actually in prison for first degree murder. When I started reading this document from the prison or from the courts, it just turned my stomach upside down. And all I remember is just knowing that I'm, I'm going to fight for my life now. I'm going to have to fight for my life. But what happened was, is that uh, he came to my parents' house after my parents came to rescue me from that, because there was no cell phones back then. I mean, this is 1983. He came to my mom and dad's house and my dad walked out with a shotgun and said, you're not taking my daughter anywhere. And my ex-husband says, well, then guess what? If she doesn't come with me, I am going back to the house and kill her cat. Then his sense of secret was out. He didn't care how he treated me. So there was the black eyes trying to break my bones, saying all kinds of negative things about me, just tearing me down to size. Uh, So I went through verbal, mental, emotional, financially. Uh, he would not give me any money. He just controlled me for a very long time. I had no escape plan. Uh, that's what I teach women now to have an escape plan. And the only reason I was able to get out is uh, my best, one of my best friends back then. She got apartment complex, uh, and uh, she got she got apartment in a new complex. Is what I meant. And so there was no street signs or anything like that. She called me and said, "I want you to move in with me." you know, me and my cat, and there's no way he can find us because we're not on the map yet. And I said, okay, so while he was at work, I had somebody guarding him that he did not know this, but I had somebody at the place where where he worked. Basically, you know, they would make sure that he wasn't going anywhere. Uh, So what happened was, is that there was a time that, I had about a three hour window to get out of that house. And during that time, I had a bunch of friends come over and help me move out to get to her apartment. And then he came home and he was, he was, he was ecstatic. He was very, very upset, very angry. And, you know, he was on the loose to try to find me, but there was no way he's going to find me. I bought a new car. So he could he didn't know what kind of car I drove, anything like that. And when I got to work, because he knew where I worked, then I would have somebody walk out with come out to the car and walk me into the car back during the time I, I went in and turned the time I came out. So it was a little bit, it was definitely scary for a while. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And how long did you have to live kind of like that in secret?
1: Oh, probably about eight months.
0: Wow, that's a long time.
1: It is, it is a long time. It is a very long time. I lost eight months of my life right
0: there. Well, I guess so. And just being on edge for that long. Wow. That is so scary. When people are in situations like that, how in the world can you find joy?
1: But I will tell you this, I had a very big support system. Mm -hmm. And that was what pulled me through more than anything. Yeah, I I lost myself. I I lost my identity. I lost my self-respect, my dignity. He took everything away from me at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So when I look in the mirror, I was like, I have have no idea who you are. You're gone. And I was dead inside because he took everything that, you know, I thought was just going to be a grand old life. And he took everything away from me. And how old were you then? Twenty seven.
0: Okay. During that time, you know, you said you had a support group. Um, Did was it family, friends, church people? Who 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 was the support in your family?
1: Yeah, definitely. It was my friends and my family and my coworkers, and they would make sure that I was safe every single day while I'm in the house. I would sneak, there was times I would be able to get out and I'd go meet my mom for lunch or something like that.
0: Oh, well, good.
1: After the divorce and everything, that's, that's where my support system really came in and Mm. really helped me get through some really challenging times. I did not know God at the time, so I didn't have any church family at all.
0: Wow. Mm.
1: And I would have really recognized that God is the one that fills me up every day with the joy and the, and the respect and all that. And I would have been building myself up with God. However, you know, I said my mom, my mom and dad were supportive, but they still were not my biggest cheerleader. My biggest cheerleader in my life is me. I would say to anybody is make sure you're doing positive self-talk every day.
0: Mm. Now Positive that <laughs> that is an interesting thing, because you know so many of us deal with negative self-talk, don't we? Though.
1: <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. absolutely. That little thing
0: inside of our head that will bring up um, things from years ago oh, yeah. uh, that someone has said. So we have to learn how to release those. So, what are some practical ways to release? those negative thoughts that come into our brains?
1: Well, first of all, you have to be a really strong person to start working on this, uh, because there's going to be like a, if you especially if you're a Christian, there's going to be a tug of war going on. God's trying to pull you one way, but the devil's trying to pull you the other way. Basically to release those emotional negative words, you have to figure out where they're coming from. I tell people you've got to silence that chatter. There are people that still
0: have power over you today. So it's probably good to write down those things so that instead of just thinking about them, it's good to write them down so that you can kind of come face to face with them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, back (laughs) to your title of your book, come face to face with what you, you know, are dealing with. And one of the things that I saw is that you wrote maybe like a negative thought down, but then you counteracted that with a positive, like for instance, you know, you may have said, well, your hair doesn't look great, but, and, and you might even say, who has said that about me in the past, write that down. And then you turn it around and say, why do they even care? First of all, and say, if I like my hair, then that's all that matters. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Exactly. Yeah. It's almost, I really do believe, and you know, I am, um, I, I have a book about it, joy and journaling, and I really think that it's important for people to write down Mm -hmm. what they're feeling. When I have gone through some things, I have to write (laughs) it down to get it out of my brain because that stuff continues to play like an old recorder that you hit the rewind button, and it goes over and over and over, and until I write it down and get it out and face what is going on and what is being said in my brain so I can get it out of my system. And sometimes I'll write really like how I'm feeling. I am mad. Yeah. So mad I could spit right now. I mean, you just write your real gut-wrenching feelings down. And when you do that, I really do believe that it will be the beginning recovery and renewal and hopefully getting on a a better road and getting on a better track. One of the things in your book, break free from the past. You must forgive those who hurt you. How do you go about forgiving people like your first husband who lied to you, who really had a serious issue, and then drug you into it, made you fear for your life. How do you forgive people like that?
1: I was at my chiropractor's office one day and he told me, he says, you know what? He says, I have done everything I can possibly do structurally to you because I was in some car accidents. So he was working on getting me back on track. I want to do something today. Your back keeps going at come. I fix it and it goes out again. He says, so what we're going to do is we're going to do some emotional work today. Said, I want you to think about your ex-husband. No, uh, I want you to really think about, I want you to think about all the things he did to you. And so he was moving my feet and he picked up unforgiveness very quickly. So he was clearing me out. I still thinking about him, but he kept, he kept saying, you're holding on girl. You're not letting go. He says, Let me tell you something. Your ex-husband is married to another woman down in Florida. And do you really think he thinks about you a lot? But yet you're thinking about him every day because your resentment and your rage and your anger is so inside of you. And this is causing your health problems. And you talk about a light, like a light bulb going on, that that did it. And then after I thought about it, he says, I want you to go home and I want you to forgive him. Uh, okay. I'll do my absolute best, but he had cleared me out that day. So I did not have all those emotions inside of me at that moment. But I went home and I started, I started talking to God about this. I said, okay, there's a scripture that says this can only come out by prayer. Will you help me? And so basically I went back and thought about all the stuff that he did to me. But then I, what I did is I decided you know what? Jesus forgives me seven times, seventy-seven times, seven million times. I need to have compassion on him for what he went through. That was like I could, I, I didn't think I could do it. But I mean, that's what the Bible says. That's what the Scripture says. So it was like, okay, I have to do this. God's commanded me to do this. So basically, I wrote him a letter. Said I really appreciate you taking this time to write for me to, to read this letter. It wasn't easy for me. I just want to let you know that I'm asking you to forgive me for all the hard feelings that I have had for you for for the last 20 years. I said then, but Dr. Cooper said, don't let him get off the hook with this. He says, but here's what I want you to tell him, that you become a much stronger person. So thank him for allowing, allowing him to do what he did to you to make you that stronger person and end the letter. And I sent it. I, I felt so much freedom. And you know what? Here's the here's, here's the thing. I never got sick again. I didn't have to keep going to Dr. Cooper. My back was in alignment.
0: One of the things that I also wrote down from your book, it says, before the joy, I had tremendous amounts of pain. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. The letter that you wrote to your ex-husband, you said, thank you for making me a stronger person. Mm -hmm. Wow. That took a lot for you to have to write that. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. You must have wept and cried. And what kind of feelings did you have while you were writing that?
1: I was absolutely trying to be like God's character, God's love, you know? Uh, Yeah, I cried. Uh, I cried. But when I... When I start thinking sad thoughts about my marriage, the first marriage, I'm like, oh, but I am so better off right now.
0: There are times when we have storms in our lives, but there are also times that we realize that we are better off now that we've made it through that storm, that we have grown stronger, that we have grown in our walk with God. Just like Terry shared with us, we need to lean in a little closer and face-to-face with our best friend Jesus when we are going through those difficult storms in our lives. God provided protection for Terry during this storm. In her life, she had family and friends around her that helped her. And then she came to know her Savior, Jesus, who has continued to help her walk through this and to forgive her first husband for all that he did. It's amazing how people, when they truly do and will forgive someone, how much healthier they are as a person once they have released that forgiveness. Check out Terry's book called Face to Face with God, My Best Friend. Y'all be on the lookout for joy.